I was gonna have someone pray for us, and this time, um, Uriah, would you mind praying for us? Because we want to be with God, and we need His blessing over all of this. Uh, dear Lord, we love you, we thank you, uh, we praise you. God, you are the beginning of all things, Lord, you are outside of everything that we can comprehend. Uh, God, you are the creator, and we worship you, we love you. We thank you for this time, Lord. It's a, it's a privilege to sit under uh, any sort of teaching, Lord. It's a privilege to hear your word spoken. Um, God, God, because it is magnificent, because it is perfect, Lord, because you are truth and you matter more than anything else in this world. Um, God, tonight we just pray that you would speak through miles, Lord, that you would soften our hearts, that you would yeah. um, just open us up, Lord, to hear from you, Lord. I, I pray that we would tonight... Um, even if we've counted the cost before, if we never have, God, that we would come just face-to-face -face with you and face-to-face -face with this process, Lord, that uh, we would really consider what it means to follow you with our lives. Yeah. Um, God, that tonight we would leave here changed, um, but confident of the decision that we need to make or are making or have made. Uh, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for Miles. Just going to pray. So good evening, everybody. Uh, my name's Miles, and this is the Cross Discipleship, as I said before. And before we get started, I just kind of want to acknowledge how humbled and honored I am to teach tonight, because um, for me, it started here. Um, so Kenny Morgan was teaching the class, I think, in this room, and I was sitting there, and he preached with power, he preached with authority, and he laid it out very clearly uh, what the cost is to, to follow Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a testimony of what God's done in my life um, uh, that I'm here teaching today. And it's a testimony of the, of the discipleship process. Um, and after counting the costs, I, did, I decided to follow Jesus Christ um, and to pursue him with my everything. And I was paired up uh, with Eric Phillips for um, a discipleship relationship. And it changed my life. Um, it changed my life in ways that... Um, I never expected ways I didn't know what needed to be changed, uh, changed my life in areas I knew needed to be changed, but I didn't deal with until Eric started poking at him and God started poking at him and revealing things. And it was hard. It was really hard and it's going to be hard for you guys, uh, but it was exciting and there are so many victories and I learned so much. And, and through that process, I gained a spiritual father. And Eric, to this day, is a man that I seek. Uh, for guidance, uh, for direction, for confirmation, for wisdom. Um, he's a, a man that I revere and I respect, uh, and I'm just so thankful for him in my life. Um, and I don't even recognize the person that I was. Um, I think uh, the best comparison I have is like when you're growing up and your parents like measure your height on like against the door or something like that. And you don't see it like every day that you're growing, but year after year as they start to measure, looking back, it's like, whoa, like, mm. I didn't know I grew that much. Like, I, I was down here, and now I'm up here. Like, now I have a beard. <laughs> what happened? You know? And, and that's uh, kind of, like, I don't recognize who I was um, a year ago. I don't recognize who I was three years ago, because God's done such an amazing transformation in my life. And uh, I'm just really thankful for it. And that's what you guys have in store for you in discipleship. Um, so, before we get started... Does anybody know what discipleship is? We're at the we're counting the cost of discipleship, so 
feel like maybe we should know what discipleship is. That's a good place to, to begin, right? Any volunteers? I'm going to pick on Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so discipleship is a process in which you are teaching somebody who wants to learn, who wants to be growing with the Lord, who wants to uh, become more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sort of like a cloning process. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So it's a transfer of spiritual life from a more mature believer to a less mature believer, right? Um, a disciple is both a learner and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and as a learner, um, a disciple of Christ learns him uh, through his word. And as a follower, you follow Christ through obedience of his word. And um, discipleship is not an academic endeavor. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Um, although we're in a classroom environment right now, um, whenever you're in discipleship, whenever you're paired up with someone, it's not simply going through lessons, right? Um, Brandon was p- preaching on the four goals of discipleship, and Alex is going to uh, preach on that in two Sundays. Um, but we want to see those things uh, happen in our life, right? We want to see transformation in our life. And I was talking to, to Chad, which is Lisa's brother, and he goes to another church. He goes to Bible school through a church in Baltimore, which is awesome because so many people go to seminary and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it becomes very academic, right? Um, and there's no way to work out what you're learning. And so a lot of people come out near the end top-heavy, right? They have a lot of knowledge. They know the Bible, but there's no application in their life. And they're not disciples of Christ. They're Bible students. And, and that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be disciples, right? Uh, so Chad was telling me about a, a man that he, he met that came out of D.L. Moody's Bible School, which is like a good Bible school. Like, and he's telling me how this man, he went through this whole program, and he came out on the other end, and he wasn't saved. He, he acquired all of this Bible knowledge, um, but he didn't even know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, right? Um, so... Uh, as a disciple of Christ, it, it does, it requires salvation. We need to start with knowing Jesus Christ personally. And, and true biblical uh, discipleship always involves following, uh, learning and following, right? So we learn something, but then we apply it to our life. It needs application. Uh, Luke eleven thirty eight says, But he said, uh, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Um, John thirteen seventeen says, If you know these things, happy are ye. Uh, if you do them, right? Uh, so what requires application, happy are you if you do them. It requires not only learning, but doing. And uh, subconsciously, I, I grew up in the church, and subconsciously, I think a term uh, believer and disciple um, are usually viewed synonymously, right? Uh, meaning that the two terms are interchangeable. If you're a believer, then you're a disciple of Christ. And, and there's a, a very clear distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, disciples um, in Greek is called methetis. I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. Uh, but it means a learner that is a pupil. And every true disciple of Christ is a believer. Mm-hmm. But not every believer is a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, a true disciple is someone who lives in obedience to the word of God, uh, not simply believes on him for salvation. And, and this is very profound. So not, not <clears throat> an unsaved person cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, and again, I say an unsaved person cannot be 
a disciple of Jesus Christ. So naturally, discipleship starts by addressing this problem. Um, Adam and Eve were made in the image and likeness of God. Adam and Eve are all of our greatest grandfathers and grandmothers. Right? So we're all cousins. We're all related somehow going back to Adam and Eve. Um, and uh, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, they lost the image um, that, of God. Uh, they died spiritually. Um, God is holy, right? God gave them life. And whenever they chose to sin, um, they died. Genesis 2.17 makes it very clear. Uh, at that time, the, the Bible was only two verses, right? It was Genesis 2.16 and 2.17. Those are the only words of God uh, that are recorded between Genesis 1 and 2. And he said, when you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. So whenever they ate of that tree, they died. They died spiritually. And since everything reproduces after its own kind, all of humanity uh, was born uh, in sin. So just like um, humans reproduce humans, just like um, dogs reproduce dogs, just like trees reproduce trees, and and more than that, uh, an apple tree can't bear uh, a pear tree, right? An apple tree brings forth an apple tree. So Adam and Eve in sin bore sinful children. So we we'll all go back to Adam and Eve. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed into all men, for that all have sinned. So what do we do about this, right? Our sinful nature, God makes it very clear in his word, that he has a solution. Uh, but his remedy is not and was not good works. Um, and this might be contrary to, to things that you've heard in the past. There's no way that we can work our way um, to God, right? There's nothing uh, that we can do that's so good that we can earn God's favor. Um, there's no way we can work our way to heaven. Uh, no matter uh, your good deeds, no matter um, how much money you donated, uh, there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves um, that, that that warrants us to, to get to God. Uh, Romans 3.10 says, It is written, there is none righteous, right? There's none righteous, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seek after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. None of us are good. No matter um, how much you donate, no matter what your grades are, um, no matter whether you grew up in church, whether you didn't grow up in church, uh, nobody's good. And it was not by religion, right? It was not and is not religion. Um, that is not the way that we can, we can earn salvation. Uh, Matthew twenty three twenty six says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within uh, the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for your like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto me, unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and, and iniquity. Good works and religious activity cannot save you, no matter what you do, whether your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, uh, whether you pray five times a day, whether you grew up in the church, whether you grew up on the streets. Um, the Bible tells us that our works are unprofitable and our religion is hypocrisy. Uh, it is a form of godliness without any reality. Uh, despite what you've heard growing up, uh, being raised Christians, uh, does not affirm your salvation. Being baptized when you're born does not affirm your salvation. It's not through any religious experience that you can know God. Um, so why not? 
that begs the question, why not? If I can't work my way to heaven, if there's nothing that I can do ritualistically to get to heaven, then, then how, how do we do it, right? Where do we start? What do we look to? And, and, and the best thing that I can tell us to look to, a good place to start is with God, right? Who is this man? Why, why do we need him? Uh, what has he done for us? God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is incredible, guys. Um, but his chief, his chief attribute is his holiness. Um, holiness is set-apartness. Um, Revelations 4.8 um, says, And the four beasts uh, had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 declaring his holiness. No other attribute of God is stressed in this manner. God is light, in him is no darkness, 1 John 1, 5. Uh, how do we, sinful man, satisfy the standard of a thrice holy God? Uh, in John 14, 1-3, Jesus tells his disciples uh, that his, father, his father's house, um, there are many mansions. He tells them that he's going to prepare a place for them and would come again for them, uh, that uh, where he would be, they would be also, and, and this place is heaven. Alex wrote a really awesome song about it. Um, but, um, so Jesus, he, he's telling them that he, he's going away, right? This is before his, uh, uh, his crucifixion, before his death. He's telling them he's going away. He's going to prepare this place for them. He's going to come, uh, come back for them and where he will be, they will be also. And, and that place is heaven. Um, John ten nine says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and he shall go in and out and find pasture. Yeah. Uh, John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4, 11 declares to us that this is the stone which was set at naught, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. <clears throat> Not should be saved must be saved, right? We, we must be saved by this name, and, and that name is Jesus Christ. So are we starting to get the picture? Yeah. The only way to get to heaven, uh, the only way to salvation, is through the cross. There is no other way to be reconciled to God and have assurance of eternity with him in heaven. What Jesus did at the cross is what we could never do for ourselves. He paid the debt of our sin with his own blood. And, and this is huge, guys. Uh, the, the sinner must receive the free gift of salvation purchased through the, the blood of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Romans 3.23 makes it clear um, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. and, and you know that um, there's nothing we can do, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do in our own power. We, we realize that we can't work our way. We realize that there's no religious activity that we can do uh, and so what do we do about our sin? Um, our sin was uh, bought. Jesus Christ, he, he died on the cross. Uh, it says that uh, the wages of our sin was death, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Uh, it's only in repentance towards God through faith in Jesus Christ, Acts 20, 21, um, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, Right? For God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's a promise. Yeah. So whosoever shall, come, uh, sh whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Um, and you guys can turn to Romans 10, 13 and check that out. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? God has grace for us. Grace means undeserved favor. So despite what we've done, um, despite our, our background and our history, um, despite um, what our, our sin has bought us, right? The wages of our sin is death. Um, Jesus says that, that we're clean through his blood. And, and that's a promise. Now, when a person does this, when they believe on and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, um, they are saved from the eternal penalty of their sin, um, which had previously destined them for eternity in hell, uh, which will be cast into the lake of fire, Revelations 20.14. And God's heart is that none would experience uh, that eternal reality. Uh, but without Christ, it's the only outcome. There's no other way, right? Um, there's no other gods. There's, there's, we establish there's no work, there's no religion um, that can work uh, get us there. Uh, to reject the free gift of salvation is to admit that, uh, to God that you have a better way. So to, to reject the free gift of salvation is to admit to God that you have a better way. And, and plain and simple, you don't. <laughs> right? Um, I can't think of any better way than a free gift. Um, we were talking uh, about pizza, right? So we've got a free meal tonight. And free meals are like my favorite meals. <laughs> it costs somebody something, huh? <laughs> yeah, it costs somebody something. And, and, and our salvation did too, right? It, yeah. it cost Jesus Christ uh, crucifixion. Uh, it cost him to, to die in our place. Uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen says, uh, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he hath hearkened unto, but he that hearkeneth unto the counsel is wise, right? Uh, so simply put, you'd be a fool reject the Lord Jesus Christ as the way, as the truth, as the life, right? So how do I receive Christ? You know, if someone's giving me a free meal, I want it. So if someone's giving me salvation, I need to figure out how to get that right. So how, how do we do that? And, and it's a faith proposition. Um, it's grace through faith. If by faith you call on his name for salvation, you will be saved. It's a promise. We establish that. Uh, it is confessing with your mouth that you believe in your heart um, about Jesus Christ, about what he did at Calvary, uh, about his crucifixion, um, that believing that you are a sinner and, and that he paid that price for you. Um, so in your, your packets um, below, uh, there is a, a prayer there. Um, and it's a, a guide. Uh, if you pray it without faith, it's useless, right? And, and I don't know all of you. I don't know if all of you have testimonies of salvations or not. Um, but this is an area that's of the utmost importance. Um, if you are here tonight, and it's, uh, it's clear that you guys want to grow, right? It's clear that you want to follow Christ. It's clear that you want to be a disciple of Christ. Um, but if you're not saved, then you can't. Um, if you are certain you aren't saved, or if you have any questions about your salvation... Mm -hmm. Um, then we need to take a second now and, and to pause and to figure that out, right? And, and I beg you um, uh, now, literally right now, if that's something that you're not certain about, um, Brandon, there, there's women, there's men here um, that, that can sit down with you and, and not just pray a prayer of salvation, but let's open the, the Bible 
uh, and talk to you and see where you're at, uh, see what the word has to say, mm-hmm. and, and to figure out what this salvation is all about, right? We don't want you just to, to pray something. Like I said, if you pray it and, and you don't believe it, it, it has none effect, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's <clears throat> faith. It takes. It requires faith. Yeah. Um, so seriously, right now, if that's something you're struggling with, if it's something that you're uncertain about, then stand up. Go to the back. If you're you're nervous, you're like, oh, I don't know, everybody's watching me, um, then as soon as this is all over, come find me, come find Brandon, because um, this is of the utmost importance. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, mm-hmm. and, and that's not figured out, um, everything else that we're going to talk about hinges on that, right? So if that's not established, then we're building on sand, right? It's just going to tumble. Um, so... We're going to keep moving. Um, but based on the word of God, um, from a position of genuine faith, um, you, uh, you've been saved, you've been sealed, and you've been seated in Christ forever. Mm-hmm. And this is really, it's really, really exciting, guys. Mm-hmm. So saved means that you're saved from your sin. Uh, Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord uh, Jesus um, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. So your sin condemned you, uh, but Christ saved you from that. And, and guys, I, I'm speaking about me, and this is true of all of you, I was destined for hell. Um, but Jesus loved me so much that he, he died for me. Uh, he gave me new life, and, and I can't adequately express uh, how, bad, how big that is and how important that is. And, and when he saved me, he put his spirit inside of me, Right? Um, and his spirit sealed me, uh, which means that my salvation is going nowhere. It's here to stay. I can't be unborn. I can't lose it, right? I'm, I'm saved for eternity future. I'm saved now. I'm not saved once I die. My salvation doesn't begin when I die. I'm saved currently, right? Um, Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So not only is Christ in you through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but when you accepted him as your Savior, in that moment, you were put in Christ. So, um, because you are put in Christ, Christ is seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places, right? And, and because of that, we also are seated in heavenly places. And this is what, what Mark Trotter was preaching on at camp. Um, Ephesians 2, 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up, up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in uh, Christ Jesus. Uh, he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so Mark was in Colossians 3. says, if ye then uh, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So you see where Christ is. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things of this earth. For you are dead, your life is hid 
with Christ and God. Um, so we, we acknowledge that we're dead to self, right? Mm-hmm. In our salvation, we died um, with with Christ, um, baptized in the, uh, <clears throat> in the likeness of his death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because of that, we're also raised, right? Mm-hmm. In light of his uh, resurrection. And, and whenever Christ ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of God, we're with him there. And, and so this begs the question that uh, spiritually, if we are... Um, in Christ, um, and, and if we're in heavenly places, uh, then we should seek those things which are above, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, uh, we are saved, we're seated above, we need to seek those things which are above, and, and what do we do now, right? We got saved, we decided that we're... we're Following Christ, Christ is our Lord and our Savior, and the next step is discipleship, right? That's why you guys are here. What's the next step? Discipleship. Yeah, I want to be a follower of Christ, a learner and a doer. Um, but the Bible, the Bible also makes baptism a priority, right? Um, we teach uh, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father um, and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And, and I want to make it clear that baptism is not tied to your salvation. Again, baptism is not tied to your salvation. Uh, because you're baptized does not mean you're saved. Um, mm-hmm. Baptism is an outward expression of what, our, of what already happened in, in, in you spiritually, right? It is giving a public testimony of your personal identity with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You're baptized, you're immersed in the likeness of the death, of being buried, and you're risen um, uh, in the likeness of his resurrection, um, so if you guys will turn with me to Acts 8. Sam always drinks coffee whenever he preaches, and Brandon does it a lot too, but coffee just like dries out my mouth. Huh? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes you spunky. Spunky. You also buy Park Ranger hat too. And it goes right through me. So I'm really scared because this is like, this is a lot of material. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, so um, to be a disciple of Christ, it requires salvation, right? We need to be, uh, to know him. If we don't have a personal relationship with him, how can we follow him? We can't. That's the easy answer. And we... um, we know that there's nothing that we can do to be saved. We know that it's not of our own works. It's not through some religious system. It's only through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. Uh, he is the door. He is the truth. He is the life. Um, he is the, the only way to the Father, right? And so it's only through putting our belief in him and what he did for us. He died for us. He purchased us with his own blood. If you guys have questions about that, that's a, that's a huge concept. That doesn't make sense when you just rattle it off. Um, I don't know. We say a lot of things like it's just normal. Like, oh yeah, he, he purchased us with his blood. And it's like, 
that makes no sense. Um, but really, if you guys have questions about any of that, if you actually sit and think about like all of that, it's like, whoa, I need to, like, what? So, um, if you need to understand that, it it's incredible, and it's life-changing. Um, so please grab one of us. Uh, so we know that um, we need to be uh, a follower of Christ. We need to be saved. We need to be a believer. And, and we know that the, the first step of obedience um, in, in a new life in Christ is through baptism. And, and we decided that baptism, we didn't decide, God decided. The Bible tells us that baptism um, does not make us saved, right? Um, if we read, we're in Acts 8. Um, let's see where we are. Yeah, verses 35. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And, and so what's happening here, just to set this up, is uh, that, that Philip, um, he is out and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch, right? And, and this eunuch, he is, is reading the scriptures. He's reading the words of Isaiah. And he can't understand them. And, and Philip asks if he needs someone to, to teach him. He says, of course I do. How can anybody understand this unless he's a teacher? So, so Philip goes to him, and he opens his mouth, and he began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see here, water. See, here's water. What doth hinder me uh, to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, Thou mayest, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up and out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, uh, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing, right? Uh, we see the eunuch believed first. Um, and then was baptized. Um, Acts 16.27 um, gives the testimony of a, a prison keeper, right? It says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open. Um, so he's supposed to be keeping um, Paul in, in jail, right? Um, and, and the prison doors open. And, and so they're let out, and he drew out his sword. And, and so because these prisoners are about to escape. Um, he knew that it was going to cost him his life. He didn't do his job, and, and so he knew that he was going to have to pay the ultimate, the, the ultimate price. He was going to have to die for that. So rather than dying at their hands, he decided that he would just end it himself, right? So he, he drew out his sword, and he would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Call cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we all hear. So he says, we're here, don't, don't kill yourself. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved um, in thy house. And, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of night and washed his stripes and were baptized, he and all his straightway. So we see that this man, 
He, he believed in Jesus Christ first, uh, that he was saved, and then he was baptized. Acts 18.8 uh, says, And Crispus, uh, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. So what comes first? Salvation. Salvation. It comes believing, right? Believing, and then they were baptized. Salvation occurred first, and baptism followed after salvation. Baptism is the first step of obedience uh, for any believer uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, you guys want to turn with me to Matthew 28? Verses 18 through 20, these are verses that we're all probably pretty familiar with. Um, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's evangelism, right? Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Um, and that's baptizing those who believe, right? This is believer's baptism. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Uh, what is that? That's discipleship. Yeah? Um, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And, and if you all have questions about baptism, um, come find me after class. Get a hold of Brandon. And uh, we can look at the Bible and see what it says about baptism. Um, but if you haven't been baptized, and that's the first step of obedience, right? We, we want to do that in obedience uh, as we become followers of Christ. Um, so meet with me afterwards, get a hold of Brandon, and, and we can get you signed up to be baptized. Um, it is your first sermon. It's your pers- uh, first uh, profession um, of faith in, in front of the whole congregation, and it's beautiful. And um, it's obedience, right? Um, so let's do that. <clears throat> so this is where it gets real, guys. So just as the term believer and disciple are used interchangeably, um, I find that the word Lord and Savior are used even more interchangeably, right? Um, and this is something that gets me to my bones. Um, and, and, and why it does is because that was like that was me. Um, I use those words interchangeably, and I didn't know the difference between the two. And I grew up in church my whole life, and I knew that was the right answer, and I didn't know why. And um, <clears throat> they, they mean different things. Plain and simple, they're different words, they mean different things. And, and, and this is of the utmost importance. This changed my life uh, forever. This isn't something I really understood, I think, until I was in discipleship with Eric. Um, and it, it came to me dying to self and giving up my own dreams and aspirations and opportunities that I had, um, understanding what the word Lord meant. And uh, <clears throat> While Lord and Savior refer to the same person in Jesus Christ, uh, they practically mean uh, very different things. And I found this out 
um, years after my salvation, and, and I had trusted in full surety um, in Jesus Christ um, as my Savior, and, and I regularly, re- regularly referred to him as my Lord and Savior, um, but I had no idea um, what Lordship meant to a full extent. Um, and, and I never took uh, a second, I never took a minute to truly consider uh, what it means to, to, to be a Lord. And truth be told, I didn't live a life that acknowledged Jesus Christ as my Lord, right? So, so without knowing it, there's no way that you can hold yourself to it. Without knowing Jesus Christ, you can't follow Jesus Christ. Um, without knowing what lordship means, you can't uh, submit to him as a Lord. And, and the heart of discipleship is the issue of lordship. Um, and this is something that uh, Midtown as a church does a very good job of educating people on um, that most don't. Um, most people are happy with their salvation, right? Most people get saved. They have, um, they're sealed for eternity. They got their get out of, or get to heaven free card, and now they get to, to kick back and relax. And, and the truth is that's not what we're called to, right? Uh, Van said this morning uh, that we're saved, but we're saved to something, right? Mm-hmm. But we're saved out of death, but we're also saved to do a work here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, lordship is, is the heart of that. Um, <clears throat> that means that Jesus Christ is the sole authority in the life of a believer. And, and too often we acknowledge Christ as our Savior. Uh, we acknowledge that he died for us, uh, but we forget that through his death, uh, through his blood, he purchased us. And that uh, accepting salvation, uh, we get to call him Lord, uh, meaning master, meaning possessor, right? It, it means that we belong to him. He purchased us, and now we belong to him. And, and when we call him master, uh, when we declare that we are his children, uh, God gives us a purpose, right? Yeah. And, and this is our life's purpose. Uh, it's to fear God and to keep his commandments. <clears throat> uh, at the end of Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, uh, who is the wisest man to ever live, right? And, and he's the, the wealthiest man to ever live. Um, so we do wise to take heed to his words, right? This man made a bunch of money. And he's smart. The Bible says he's the wisest man to ever live, so I'm going to listen to this guy. I'm going to read. Um, but by the end of his life, um, he, he, he's taking, he's looking back and considering his whole life, and, and he could buy anything his heart desired, and he did buy anything that his heart desired. Um, and it left him empty. Left him empty inside. And this is true of a lot of people. Um, I work with a lot of people that have a lot of money because I sell jewelry. And so if you're like a repeat customer at a jewelry store, that means you're rich. <laughs> like that's the only explanation that or you're like really far in debt and you need to check your spending habits. <clears throat> but these people, they come in and, and they try and, and buy happiness. Um, they look for it and, and women. Um, they come in with new girls all the time. That's why they're in jewelry stock, like buying engagement rings, trying to woo them, whatever it is, and, and they're not happy. And you can read it all over the face, and there's no fulfillment. And um, a lot of it is just trying to maintain this image, and it's disgusting, and it's sad, um, but it's common. It's so common. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, and we see that Solomon, he looked to the arts, um, and this is me. I looked to the arts. I looked to, to, to culture. Um, he, he looked to pleasure. This dude had 700 wives. 
700 wives. That's so many wives. I don't even know 700, like, women. You know? <laughs> like, how does that happen? And it says that he had 300 concubines. He had 300 side chicks. How do you even keep, like, there's no text messaging. Like, how do you even keep up with that? Like, and I can't even, like, Brandon's on me all the time because I don't respond to his messages. Um... I'm like a concubine. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you keep up with that? But really, if you have 700 wives and 300 concubines, like how do you even... He probably, like he doesn't even know who all his kids are. Like I guarantee you. He's got lots of little Solomons running around there. Like, little um, But uh, in Ecclesiastes, at the end of his book, um, his conclusion is that it was all vanity. Right? Um, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Mm-hmm. This man experienced everything. He experimented with everything. Um, he could buy um, anything. He, he was wise beyond belief. And, and his, what, his last words for us is um, to fear God and to keep his commandments. And that's the, the whole duty of man. And that is wisdom. Oh my goodness. Um, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Um, Psalms eleven ten says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Uh, Proverbs 1, 7, uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that is true. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just thinking about uh, little kids that want to do it their way. And parents that are trying to instill direction and then if you do it your way then you touch the pan and you burn your finger and that's a true story um, but really uh, we think that we can do it our way we think that our way is best because it gives instant satisfaction right uh, we're very much our culture is very much a consumer culture um, where it's very can you have it your way and, and the truth is our way is not the best way um, and I think we've all lived long enough to, to know that, mm-hmm. that eating uh, candy all day doesn't end well. <laughs> like something as simple as that to yeah. as extreme as what Solomon's doing, um, that spending your money and getting things that you want and swiping that credit card does not end well, right? Um, that driving 100 miles per hour on the highway doesn't end well when you have a ticket or you crash your car. Uh, what we desire, what we want isn't always what's best for us. We see that in the nation of Israel, um, where they're stranded in the wilderness and they want to go back to Egypt because of cucumbers. Um, (laughs) When they they build their own idols and they start to worship that instead of the true God. Um, When they steal from the enemy's camp um, because they want to steal things when God clearly told them not to. And then they end up dying and their family pays the ultimate price and his family's killed too. Right, um, our way is not the best way. Uh, fear God <clears throat> and keep His commandments, um, because what happens when you keep His commandments, uh, when you obey His word, um, you're safe. Yeah. Um, I remember Chris Miller. He, he would say that the safest place for him to be is wherever Sam told him to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's submitted to Sam as a spiritual leader. So he'd say, if Sam told me to sit in the corner, like to, to face the wall and sit in the corner. Uh, the whole service, then that's where I'd be because that's the safest place for me to be because um, God speaks very clearly through through Sam and I'm submitted to Sam. 
So whatever Sam tells me to do, like that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, his obedience is something that I respect, something that I look to, mm-hmm. something that I want to be. Um, but obedience to the word of God is the safest place you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke six forty-seven to 49 um, says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you, uh, you to whom he is like. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Right? He didn't build on the sand. Yeah. And when the, the floor rose and the stream beat, vehement, ve- that's a tough word. Mm-hmm. Uh, vehement, I'm not even, mean. That word. <laughs> Ooh, tongue twister. <laughs> upon that house and could not shake it, uh, for it was founded upon a rock. Um, but he that hearkeneth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat immediately. <laughs> and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. <clears throat> so, understanding our life's purpose cannot happen without properly seeing Jesus for who and for all that he is. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by him and for him. All things are created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things uh, consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So verse 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things are created by him and for him. Uh, so what we can take away from that is that all things are created by him and for him, right? <laughs> all things include you and it includes me. For speaks to the purpose of something. And him is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we put that together, all things, you, me, everything here, was created for the Lord Jesus Christ. It was created with the purpose for mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Revelations 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Mm-hmm. For Thy pleasure they are and were created. So our purpose is found in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and however He desires to use us is what we must submit to. Yeah. Because that's our purpose in life. That's what we were created for. That's how we get our our fulfillment. Um, a tool that's not being used is like an unhappy tool. Like if you're just sitting in the shed, but like, I don't know. Like you have no purpose in life, and you're just sitting there. And, and God has a purpose for us, and He desires to use us. And so often, um, we're improv. Like we're not making ourselves available to be used, right? Um, and there's no purpose in that. There's no satisfaction in that because we're just sitting, getting like cobwebs. Um, verse 17 says, And he is before all things, and by him all things exist. 
So he is before all things. He, being the Lord Jesus Christ, before means in front of. Mm -hmm. All things include you. It includes your family. It includes your relationships. Uh, it includes your desires. It includes your, your dreams. Mm -hmm. it, it includes your, your checkbook. It includes your calendar. Um, it it mm -hmm. includes your career. And saying that and, and acknowledging that and doing that are completely different. Um, saying that, that Christ is before all things. He, he is everything. He's my preeminent. And then deciding that you don't have time to, to fellowship with the body and with him. Um, that you don't have time to meet with him every morning. That you don't have time to meet with him before you go to bed. Um, that your kids, you guys don't have kids. Um, <laughs> but um, that he is not worth tithing. That I don't know, like, I don't have a lot of money. Money's kind of tight. Um, working on commission. It's a new like whole ball game. I don't know how I'm going to eat. He is before all things, right? Whether it's your checkbook, whether it's your family, whether it's your time. Um, he is preeminent. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Um, so if we acknowledge that, that we are made for him, if our purpose is through him, then him being first isn't a big deal because he controls everything, right? He controls yeah. our checkbook. He controls our time. Uh, he can multiply it. He multiplied fish and loaves. He turned, like, water to wine. He walked on water. He spoke the world into existence. Um, you're going to be okay, right? Um, verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So he is the head of the body, the church. Mm -hmm. So he, the Lord Jesus Christ, head refers to his supremacy, right? So like the president like the head of the company, CEO. Um, body, uh, church, refers to anyone who is saved by grace through faith. Um, we are the church, right? Um, verse 18 also uh, says, in all things he might have the preeminence. And preeminence means to be the first. Um, and this is what it means to be, to be Lord, right? Yeah. He's preeminent in our lives. And this is something that Mark Trotter was hammering down uh, at family camp. Uh, he was giving us like five evaluations on like where you and Jesus are. Is he a part of your life? Is he a big part of your life? Is he not in your life? Um, or um, is your life Jesus Christ? Um, and he needs to be the, the top, right? Everything needs to be under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, so you cannot fear God nor keep his commandments if you're not in a proper relationship with him. Mm. Uh, so if you guys want to turn with me to, to Genesis 3. It's kind of like your dad, like you know what your dad's capable of, which is like kind of why you're, you fear him and you keep his commandments. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I've been down this road before. <laughs> and it's the same with God. He's proven himself. Like we have the Bible, so we have proof of who he is. Yeah. We have the Bible, so we know him. Uh, we have the Bible, so we know his heart for us, and, and we've experienced it. Um, so we should probably keep his commandments. 
Um, but, um, can I have a volunteer to read, maybe? Miss Powers. Um, before we get started, I'll set up the scene for you. So, in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, God says, don't eat of this tree. And then, in Genesis 3, um, the serpent, um, who's more subtle than any beast of the field, comes up to Eve and says, did God, treat, like, did he really say that? And he's starting to question the word of God, and he's trying to get to convince her um, that, that eating of the tree would be for, for her best interest, right? And so, if you'll pick it up at verse 16 and read through uh, verse 18. Okay. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. Verses 6 to verses 8. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Yeah. Verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And this is one of the saddest passages in Scripture. Um... If Brandon was up here, he might be crying. But, no, that's... <laughs> this is our entire downfall, right? This is this is where we became sinners. Uh, and it's horrible. And the, the saddest part, um, more than them sinning, is that they hid themselves from God, right? Uh, that God, who was their friend, who loved them so much, that gave them this beautiful garden and gave them anything that they desired and set them up perfectly, uh, that they would hide themselves from him. Um, the fact that he was seeking them out, that they, that they used to walk together daily throughout the garden, and, and then Genesis 3 happens, and, and their intimacy, it's, it's hindered, right? They can't know each other anymore. Um, they used to take ro- regular walks with God. Uh, they heard his voice, um, and then they, they ran, right? They hid themselves from him. And, and by rebelling against the word of God, uh, humanity has, in Adam, lost fellowship with God. So previously, they walked with God, and then they sinned, and then they fled from God's face, right? And, and that's where we are. Our sin nature separates us from a holy and righteous God. Mm-hmm. And we see that in his nature, that he is holy. That's his chief attribute, right? His holiness, his set-apartness. And, and our sin is what separates us from that. And God loves us and wants a restored relationship with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so through Christ's sacrifice at Calvary, God has made a way for us to be restored, Amen. and we are to be saved from our sin, which separates us from God, and reconciled to Him through faith in His Word. Mm-hmm. And through this, we get back uh, what Adam lost in Eden, right? So, just like um, Adam, um, this is the key. Uh, you're not ready to be a disciple until you're willing to obey God's word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
and um, God is not a master of confusion, right? He speaks very clearly and plainly. And, and so when he told them in verses uh, 16 and 17 in chapter 2, uh, commanding the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. Yeah. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He told them exactly what was off limits, and he told them exactly what the repercussions of that was, right? Mm-hmm. It was no mystery. He speaks very plainly and clearly, and he still does. Um, so, you're not ready to be a disciple until you're willing to, to obey God's word. Uh, mm-hmm. To be a follower of Christ is to walk with God in obedience to his word. Uh, and no matter how much uh, you give mental assent to this, uh, when the rubber meets the road, uh, will you follow God? Jonah ran from the voice of God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but his disciples, they submitted to God's word, even unto death. It cost them their lives, right? Um, we have reason to believe um, that, that all the disciples were martyred. Um, and it's easy to follow Christ when it's convenient. But what happens when it requires something of you? And if you, you guys are here, so if you guys want to be a disciple of Christ, um, it will cost something of you. It's not a if it costs something of you. It's not if it costs you your life, it's when. Seeing Jesus for who he is is a key to producing in us the desire to follow him. If we have no relationship with Jesus, then there's no want. It's because I know him. It's because I seek him daily. It's because I have a relationship with him. I have that desire to follow him. It's because I know that he's good. It's because he's proven himself to me. Uh, it's because I have a relationship with him. It's because he's laid down his life for me that I desire to follow him. And, and the more I know about him, the more I want to follow, the, the closer I want to get to him, mm-hmm. uh, the more time I want to spend with him, uh, the easier it is to say no, to, 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 to put off my sin, to put off my old man. Um, whenever that's happening, uh, seeing Jesus for who he is um, is like a magnet. It attracts us to him, right? Uh, it's like Lisa. Like, I didn't really know Lisa, but once I got to know Lisa, it's like, oh, I want to know her more. Um, and then the more you know about her, um, after more and more time, it just, it's sweeter. Love is like wine, supposedly. We haven't been married long enough to... And I don't drink wine, so I don't know. <laughs> but apparently it gets better with time, so I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Um, but um, following Christ will it will cost you something right Um, for his disciples it cost them uh, their lives and and it's very clear Um, Paul makes it very clear that it's going to cost us something Um, this is pictured for us in Acts 8 um, 29-39 when the spirit came unto Philip go near and join thyself to this chariot um and this is about uh, seeing Jesus for who he is. Um, Philip ran thither to him and, heard, uh, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, uh, Understandeth thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the result of this is then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And preached unto him Jesus. Uh, now the Enoch um, in the eunuch. Now the eunuch uh, is following the word of God, 
Uh, he is a disciple, right? He's following the word of God. Uh, he's walking with the, the following, uh, the, the voice of the Lord. Uh, and again, notice the first step of obedience is born again through believer's baptism. So verse 36, as they went on their way and came into a certain water, the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It took understanding Jesus and seeing him for who he was that brought his rejoicing uh, in, the, in the life of the eunuch. And, and this is awesome. The reading uh, of the prophet Isaiah, right? They're not reading the New Testament. They're not reading uh, the Gospels of Jesus Christ. But everything in the Old Testament pictures what's to come in, in Jesus Christ. And, and so he's preaching Jesus Christ to the prophet of Isaiah. It's only through understanding who Jesus Christ is. It's only through having uh, knowledge and an intimate understanding that he is the son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that this eunuch is desiring to, to be baptized. That this mm-hmm. eunuch is desiring to, to follow him with his life. Mm-hmm. It's only through this um, that we see that he, he is rejoicing, right? Um, so uh, this man genuinely desired understanding and, and he was willing to follow truth when it was right in front of him, right? This man was seeking the scriptures and he couldn't understand it. Um, and um, so whenever truth came knocking at the door, he answered. Uh, and our church uh, works hard to invest in those that desire to live their lives following the word of God, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's the heartbeat of Midtown. It's discipleship. It's missions. It's making God's name known. It's making Jesus Christ known, not just here in Midtown, but in the uttermost and to all the world. Uh, our command is 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. Um, it's something that's in our sanctuary. It's a banner that Brandon designed. It's very beautiful. Um, <clears throat> but it says, uh, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. By God's grace, our church is giving itself uh, to the hard work of investing in the word of God mm-hmm. and to faithful men. Mm-hmm. Not just the souls of men, but into faithful men, right? Um, and this is a generational investment. It starts with Paul, and then it goes to, to, to Timothy, and then it goes to faithful men, and it goes to others also, right? It says, and the things that thou hast heard of, uh, uh, of me, Paul, um, you, who is uh, Timothy, um, he tells them to the same commitment that the faithful men, which is Timothy's disciples. He's telling them to, uh, to commit that the faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. That's four generations of discipleship, right? And that's our, our goal. We want to, to invest the word of God in the faithful men because they're going to teach others also. Mm-hmm. And, and the word will continue to go on. Uh, our problem, however, is that most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Mm-hmm. And those are sobering words. Um, those are things that we want to be introspective about, right? Yeah. Am I faithful? Um, and it's something that we want to strive to be a faithful man who can find. Um, our focus is on finding faithful men, and they are hard to find. Uh, notice Second uh, Timothy two two: faithful men uh, are able to teach others also. And why? It's well, for one, they're saved. Ephesians two eight nine, and, and they are also set apart uh, for the Lord. They're holy. Um, Ephesians 2.10, we are his, his workmanship separated into good works, right? 
in, in Philippians uh, 2, 12 through 13 says, Wherefore, uh, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. This is a faithful man. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, uh, for it is good which worketh in you both uh, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, a faithful man's desire is to set it, <clears throat> a faithful man's desire is set to serving God according to God's commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not enough to be faithful. Um, it's not enough for the faithful to know the word of God. They must live the word of God too. Um, and upon faith in God's word, uh, those who are faithful pursue virtue, right? Mm-hmm. And we can turn to Second Peter 1 through 5, um, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that are, uh, are obtained with precious faith, uh, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace uh, and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, to the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, that called us to glory and virtue, whereby uh, are given unto us exceeding great precious promises, that by these uh, ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts, and, and beside this giving all diligence, add uh, to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? Notice we don't add unto our faith more knowledge. That would actually do us any good. It's just to add unto our faith, unto our faith virtue. Uh, when, we look, uh, when we're looking at people uh, that want to be discipled, uh, we need to see if there's first virtue in their life. And, and just like a faithful man is hard to find, uh, if we turn to, to Proverbs 31, Verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Right? Um, virtue is not common. Rubies are not common. I can tell you that with a surety now that I work at a jewelry store. <laughs> They're very expensive. Um, um, so we're looking for, for virtuous people, right? Uh, and if we consider God's use of the word virtue... Uh, in Philippians 4, 8-9, it says, Finally, brethren, whosoever, uh, things are, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, mm-hmm. whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, mm-hmm. and if there be any praise, think on these things. And, and what are these things? Those things uh, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Uh, those things are the word of God. And Paul's, uh, Paul discipled them in obedience to the Lord's commands, uh, but those things must be applied. And, and, and in verse 9, we see that the next word is do, right? Mm-hmm. Those things which you have uh, both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Amen. Right? We need to do Amen. those things. And, and the God of peace shall be with you. Right? God is with us. So notice an incredible picture uh, of the application of the word of God. Uh, to the people's lives in, in Luke 6 verses 9 uh, Luke is awesome uh, the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him and healed them all right 
This is speaking of Jesus. In, in every life um, that had the word of God applied, they partook of God's virtue. Mm. Hello, somebody. Right? <laughs> every life that had the word of God applied, <laughs> they partook of God's virtue. Uh, so when we look to obey 2 Timothy 1 through 3, uh, when we're looking to, to invest the word of God into faithful men, they'll teach others also. Um, we're looking for faithful men and, and women, men and women that have virtue and, and, and who can find them, right? Um, so as you're looking at yourself, we're looking for men and women that are faithful to invest the word of God in. Men and women that are going to take that word and invest it in someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that needs to be you. That needs to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will seek to apply, obey the word of God in their lives. Um, so the cost of discipleship, um, the Lord Jesus Christ is the master. He is a teacher uh, on the subject of discipleship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He is our ultimate authority. Uh, therefore, whatever conclusions uh, we arrive at uh, must solely be based on what he has stated, must yeah. solely be based on, on what his word says, and they're not modified um, to what our our 21st century minds think they're not yeah. modified to meet uh, the standards of popular philosophy or popular opinion um, they are truth they're absolute they're unchanging and to be a disciple of Christ you must simply um, know him and follow him with your life that's all it requires it's so simple it all boils down to, to those things to fear God and to keep his commandments yeah. um, but it will cost you everything right it's not going to be easy um, but it's so worth it. And um, that's what I have for you tonight. Um, to be a disciple of Christ, um, you must know him personally. He must be your Lord and Savior. And, and to be your Lord, that means he's the ruler of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means you submit to him everything. So um, if you guys have any questions afterwards, please ask or come to me or Brandon. Uh, yeah.